The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Beck Dental Care, Columbia Academy, Jones and Ling Sporting Goods, Andy Wilhoit with United Country Realty, the Law Office of David A. Bates, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Their trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931-381-2663 or visit mtbj.net. Pushing back on the impeachment push. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News. The Democrats need to start thinking about what they'd like to accomplish rather than having a vendetta against uh, Donald Trump. GOP Senator Rick Scott. Some Republicans, though, have joined the call to get President Trump out of office before Joe Biden takes over in nine days. Fox's Rachel Sutherland has more live. Dave, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi told CBS 60 Minutes Democrats will impeach if Vice President Mike Pence doesn't remove the president via the 25th Amendment. The president is guilty of inciting insurrection. A vote could come as soon as Wednesday. On Fox News Sunday, Democratic Congressman James Clyburn explained the House may wait to send the articles until after the first 100 days of the new administration. The Senate will decide later what to do with that uh, an impeachment. GOP Senators Pat Toomey, Lisa Murkowski, and Ben Sass believe President Trump needs to go, but how is in question. Dave? And Rachel Washington, D.C.'s mayor, is asking Homeland Security to increase security around President-elect Biden's inauguration, which will be next week. Now, as the president-elect gets ready to take office, he's building his cabinet, planning to nominate William Burns, the CIA director. He's former ambassador to Russia and Jordan. As for President Trump, he's been silenced on social media, banned by Twitter. A conservative social media platform is offline. Parler has been taken off web servers by Amazon, accused of allowing posts that incite violence. Apple and Google pulled it from app stores days after Parler was the most downloaded app. CEO John Mates told Fox it's an attempt to not only kill the apps, but to actually destroy the entire company. He's trying to get Parler up and running. He says it may have to get their own servers. may take a while. Snowy and icy in the south from Texas to Alabama, making roads slick, closing schools and businesses, knocking out power to over 100,000. America's listening to Fox News. Even in the new year, it's hard to start a new routine. But if you're one of the 34% of Americans who made a resolution to be less stressed, Headspace is here to help. Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research and can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Go to headspace.com fox for a free one-month trial. This is the best deal offered right now. Headspace.com fox. While President Trump is quiet amid the push for impeachment, First Lady Melania Trump put out a statement this morning condemning last week's deadly capital violence, saying the nation must heal in a civil manner. The coronavirus case count is now over 90 million around the world, about a quarter of them here in the U.S., where there were fewer new deaths reported yesterday and a slight decline in COVID patient hospitalizations. This has the probe into how all this started over a year ago is finally about ready to start in China. China says an international team of experts from the World Health Organization is due to arrive in the country on Thursday to investigate how the coronavirus outbreak began. Negotiations on the inquiry have taken months, with the WHO issuing rare criticism of China's leaders last week over delays. 
There's been intense speculation over the origins of the virus. Many experts wonder if it jumped from bats to humans at a food market. Simon Owen, Fox News. On Wall Street, stocks could plunge. Dow futures down nearly 300 points after Friday's record close. Now that Alex Trebek's last Jeopardy episode has aired... The show must go on. The new batch of Jeopardy! episodes with guest hosts kicks off today with someone familiar to the show's viewers. The Los Angeles Times reports the first guest host is Ken Jennings. Katie Couric has also been signed for a week-long stint. The final episodes with longtime host Alex Trebek aired last week. Trebek, who taped his last programs in October, passed away in November after battling pancreatic cancer. Jeopardy! producers have said they plan to have guest hosts fill in until a new permanent host is chosen. Tanya J. Powers, Fox News. In the NFL, the Cleveland Browns finally win a playoff game. Their first since returning to the league in 1999 as an expansion team. They beat Pittsburgh 48-37 after the New Orleans Saints advanced with a 21-9 win over Chicago. And the Baltimore Ravens eliminated Tennessee 20-13. I'm Dave Anthony. This is Fox News. Is sensitive business data leaking from your fleet of mobile devices? It could be from devices using unsecured Wi-Fi. Maybe an unlocked corporate tablet was left in a coffee shop. Those leaks must be plugged now. Sodi provides enterprise mobility management solutions to monitor, control, and secure your mobile devices. Work easy knowing the drip of lost data is shut off with Sodi. Visit Sodi.net slash Fox for a free trial for Fox News radio listeners. That's S-O-T-I dot net slash Fox. This is Eli Gold, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. Tennessee Sports Today with TSWA Hall of Famer Maurice Patton. Here's Chris Yao. Good morning and welcome in to another edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Barn and Joint. As you hear the golden pipes of J.P. Plant there, I am Chris Yao. I'm joined by Maurice Patton as always and we are here to bring you the best in local, high school, college, and pro sports in and around southern middle tennessee really excited to be with you here on another week as we get ready for well the football national championship and uh the college football world ends tonight but unfortunately had some other endings uh over the weekend and that was that was just not fun. So, uh, yeah. Other than that, Mo, how are you this morning? Other than that, I'm good. How about you guys? Well, yeah, do, doing okay. Uh, Titans, uh, they just got beat, right? I think they just got beat. Yeah, there was nothing, nothing one way or the other. It was just Baltimore did a better job than yeah. the Titans, and that's the way it goes. I mean, the sad thing is, you know, what that offense had done all year and what that defense had done all year, and it was almost like they just flipped scripts. I mean, if if somebody had said, you know, the Titans are going to hold Baltimore to 20 points, 
you'd have taken that and ran with it. Oh, yeah. we. <laughs> I mean, we thought we'd had to get to 30. Yeah. I mean, I thought 2830 was the, the real number. And, and it would have been. Great job by the defense to hold Baltimore to 20 points. But, you know, hey, maybe Arthur Smith was distracted because <laughs> he was absolutely awful on Sunday. I mean, made zero attempts at any – adjustments whatsoever to the fact that Baltimore brought people on every single play. Uh, he had he had no answer for it. It did appear I I Chris I agree that it uh it felt like something should have changed and it and it never did. Um you know, it, give Baltimore you know, credit it, I guess, Mo, right? If that was a job audition for Arthur Smith, I don't think he passed it. No, it wasn't. <laughs> was that was not the audition that he wanted, and hopefully, you know, for his sake, that uh, it won't be just a one-game um, example. But uh, we'll uh, we'll see what happens there. But uh, yeah, I agree with you, Chris, that it uh, it didn't seem like the adjustments. You know, at some point, I mean, I get that you've got Derrick Henry, the best running back, and you know, you'd like to think that you can do your game and everybody adjust no matter what but i mean it was nine and ten guys in the box almost every every first and second down at some point you got to adjust right well i mean the one thing that the titans never did that baltimore had a lot of success with was throwing the ball horizontally get the ball on the edge as quickly as possible the bet the fastest way to get it there is to throw it not to run it right so, why the Titans were not um, trying to get the ball to the edge quicker, maybe in the hands of A.J. Brown on the edge and let him you know, run with it as he does, it just it is disturbing to me. But You went almost a quarter and a half without A.J. being targeted. Exactly. Right. He throws a t- he catches a touchdown pass one handed against a Pro Bowl cornerback, and then we don't throw it to him for another quarter and a half. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> that's not the best use of your personnel, I don't think. And not just that, but what frustrated me was on that touchdown drive, the the two short passes to Ferkser and uh, the other tight end. I can't think of his name. Michael. Not Brewer. John Swain. Uh, Swain. Yeah, there we go. There's so many. We have like five tight ends. Um, You know, it seemed like they never went back to to those two plays, which are quick passing routes where, you know, you're trying to line up Ferkser on any linebacker. He's going to get a linebacker nine times out of ten. Why we're not running that slant to him more often just blows my mind, especially when they're sending everybody from the middle. I mean, they were dropping nobody. They were sending six to seven guys every single play. It just blew me away. I, I was I, I was absolutely just frustrated from the get go. Even though we scored, <laughs> in, in, you know, whatever. I, I don't know. And then of course the fourth and two. We, yeah. I'm not going to get into that because I say that. I mean, we're we're talking a lot of Titans right now, but that's what's fresh on our minds, obviously, after yesterday. And we'll we'll get into more later in the show because we do have a good show for you. Uh, It it won't all be uh, angry Titans (laughs) chatter. 
But there will be angry Titans chatter. There certainly will be angry Titans chatter. We'll get to that in the second hour a little bit more in depth and also talk about who the who who those Cleveland Browns were and uh, where they came from. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> um, we'll get into that. Of course, the national championship is tonight, as you heard Eli Gold come, bringing us in with the station ID there. That was pretty cool. Um, hadn't heard that one yet. And of course, we've got high school sports. We had, we had plenty of high school sports over the weekend. And when I say plenty, in a minute, when we get to the rundown, it may take the rest of the, the hour to get the rundown finished. Um, there were about 47 games, it felt like. Um, and then, of course, uh, you know Chip Walters will join us in the second hour, as he always does on Monday, to talk some MTSU hoops, football, whatever else we can come up with. So, yeah, plenty to talk about in this show on a Monday morning and really excited. Um, it appears that uh, all athletic and extracurricular activities have been canceled for today in Murray County. Uh, we only had one game scheduled. Well, two games scheduled, but both of them have been canceled, both Zion Christians, girls and boys and Ravenwood girls in Spring Hill have been canceled. I guess that's due to all the snow you guys have down in that area where I am in Nashville with no snow. It's we've got probably at least an inch, maybe more already, and it's a steady steady snowfall. Not not the big flakes we saw. What was it Thursday? Uh, last week, not mm-hmm. quite like that, mm-hmm. but uh, it's a it's a steady snowfall. It's uh, it, it's it's nice to see. It's been a while you, since we've had some snow. You guys were able to get some snowmen uh, yeah. built in Lawrence County, uh-huh. as we saw the the Summertown photo. But uh, yeah, hey, we, apparently, we, apparently there was enough snow in Spring Hill to get a snowman built as well, because um, the Spring Hill baseball. Twitter account, the Rowdy Boys had a um, had a snowman as well. Did they? With, complete with cap. Huh. Representing, yeah. Man, I we when we drove down, I think we drove down Friday for the Santa Fe game, and I was like, oh my goodness, look at all the snow. This is crazy. I didn't see it coming. I didn't know because again, we didn't have that much up here. So when I started driving down, I'm like, my goodness. So. <laughs> Happy for y'all. Happy for y'all. Plenty of snow in Alabama, apparently, according to James Spann's Twitter. Yeah, this so. band has come up. Uh, you know, and it's it's nice to see, um, you know, here in the southern part of the state, oftentimes we get left out because of, uh, you know, it, it typically goes higher. You know, it usually comes in from the Midwest. But these last two storms have come in from the southwest, uh, from Texas and Arkansas, and have come across and up through Mississippi as well. It's nice to finally get a little snow down here. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is. Uh, you know, I, I really enjoy the snow, like just getting out in it if you can. Uh, of course, when I, you know, when I was a, a, a kid, I was probably, I guess I was seven when the blizzard of 93 hit. And, you know, we had about a foot of snow or more in in middle alabama uh-huh. and we didn't know what to do i mean we we had our, our milk outside you know 
in the snow because the power was out. <laughs> I was I was in Lexington when that hit for the SEC tournament, mm. um, and uh, as Vandy fans, and um, a couple that were best friends with my parents are from Birmingham. Well, they couldn't obviously fly back to Birmingham because of the snow. They rented a car, and it took them two days to get back down to Birmingham because once they got to the Alabama state line, Alabama's not prepared for snow. They no. Don't, they don't salt the roads. It took them forever to get from Tennessee down to Birmingham, the Tennessee line. Yeah, they should have just stayed. <laughs> <laughs> so I, know I don't exactly care how much the hotel about. room was. It would have been worth yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. The girls' just, state basketball tournament was that week, and I actually slipped and fell coming out of Murphy Center <laughs> on oh, the ice. Well, yeah, brutal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wound, wound up with a with a sprained knee and an immobilizer and all that good stuff. Yeah, good times. My goodness, <laughs> you should have just rid, ridden down the 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 uh, the the. Um, the ramp? The ramp, yeah. Well, I was coming up. Yeah. Oh, you were coming up. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. that's that's no joke. You didn't you didn't yeah. wear your, your metal cleats. <laughs> your spikes, oh, your golf Lord. spikes. <laughs> no, and thank goodness. Probably should have. You you'd have had better grip. That's what you well, better traction in the uh, theoretically, <laughs> I'd, I'd have fallen and spiked myself. So you know, that would have been <laughs> that. That's just never the way my good. luck runs. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man! Well, luckily we don't have to worry about that. We don't have to worry about that. At least not today. I don't think it's going to be a, a blizzard of ninety-three top snow. Shh. Let's hope. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, let, let's see if we can't get into this uh, high school sports. Like I said, we had several several games over the weekend. Uh, we do not have any games scheduled for tonight. Now, after uh, receiving word that Spring Hill and Ravenwood will not play tonight due to snow. And that was so, a girls only game anyway. Just it was. It's worth. Yeah. It was a girls only game because the boys are still in quarantine as far as we know. So, boys had already played. This oh, they've already make, played. Okay, yeah, this was a makeup. Make yeah. Monday games should sounds like makeup games typically. On Mondays on the night of the national championship for sure. We know Columbia Central's girls aren't playing tonight. That's the, no. we we uh, <laughs> we've already established they were not playing tonight. No doubt. Oh man! So yeah, let's get you all the scores from over the weekend on the rundown. This is the rundown. In girls' action from Friday night, Richland defeated Santa Fe 65-28. Jesse Jennings goes over the 2,000-point career mark in that victory for the Lady Raiders. Hampshire 57, Mount Pleasant 34. Summit 63, Independence 23, Summertown 92, Perry County 13, Cullioka defeats Riverside Christian 52-30, and Coffee County 52, White County 43. Also in girls' action, Eagleville 39, Moore County 27, Fayetteville gets a 54-21 win over Keed. Shelbyville 68, Franklin County 37, it was Huntland 74, Cornersville 51. Lawrence County got a 65-51 win over Tullahoma. Brentwood, a 66-64 winner over Ravenwood in the Battle of the Woods. And Loretto, a 73-41 winner over Collinwood all on Friday. On Saturday, Columbia Academy's girls defeated Grace Christian 48-45. 15 points from Carly Quillen in that one. Franklin County 39, Marshall County 28. 
Puntland defeats Riverside Christian 70-24 and Murfreesboro Central 42, Eagleville 30. In boys' action on Friday, it was Richland 57, Santa Fe 40, Mount Pleasant 72, Hampshire 39, Summit 57, Independence 50, Summertown 81, Perry County 61. It was Columbia Central, a 77-63 winner over Lincoln County. And White County got a 70-55 win over Coffee County. Also on Friday, Moore County Boys 59, Eagle 54, Cascade 49, Fayetteville 48, Shelbyville defeats Franklin County 61-59, it's Huntland 50, Cornersville 47, Tullahoma defeats Lawrence County 84-76, and in the Battle of Franklin, it's the Admiral 67, Centennial 62. Also in Williamson County, Fairview got a 59-32 win over Hickman County. Brentwood was a 50-47 winner over Ravenwood. Loretto, 69. Collinwood, 40. Webb School, 62. BGA, 49. And CPA, a 71-31 winner over Providence Christian. In boys' action on Saturday, Warren County, 54. Moore County, 45. Marshall County 68, Franklin County 44, Murfreesboro Central defeats Eagleville 73-62. Also in wrestling, the um, Yellow Jacket Invitational out at Fairview goes to Wilson Central. Cleveland finishes second, followed by Summit by a half point. Blackman fourth, Fairview fifth, Centennial, Independence, and Brentwood Academy round out the 18 field. And Ryan Smith summits to an 285-pound junior wins the individual championship at that weight class. And again, there are no games scheduled for tonight due to snow and it being a Monday for one. But uh, So you will not have any games tonight other than the national championship in college football. So that is your Monday rundown on Southern Middle Tennessee sports. And when we come back, we're going to tell you about the games that Mo and I were at on uh, Friday as we got a chance to get out and see some high school hoops action over the weekend. We'll give you a little more information on those games and others when we come back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Are you finally ready to turn your outdated kitchen into a dream kitchen, but you don't want to deal with the hassle of a remodel? Call our friends Lynn and Kathy over at By Design Cabinetry in Spring Hill. They have the latest trends and timeless classic looks for your home. By Design Cabinetry is your solution to indoor and outdoor cabinets. Visit them at bydesigncabinetry.com or call 615-241-1195.
Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, the sports talk show you've always wanted. Welcome back in to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yao, along with Mo Patton, J.P. Plant with you here on this Monday morning where it's snowy in Murray County, not here in Davidson on the western side of Nashville, but that's okay. I'm not jealous at all. I can tell. You you chose to move up there. (laughs) 80% chance of snow, supposedly, according to my weather app, uh, at 9 o'clock this morning. It's 926. Hadn't seen the first flake so i guess we're not getting snow today it's okay i'm i'm not mad about it because i've got to go grocery shopping so <laughs> i'd rather not have to deal with the snow if, if i've got to go grocery shopping right there's that used to go grocery shopping on sundays and then i realized that everybody did that and it's never a good idea go on monday at, at noon it's it's much easier perfect time <laughs> there's nobody in the grocery store on monday at noon you're all by yourself. <laughs> and I'm, I'm for that. I mean, you know. And uh, we, uh, we we drove through a little snow on Friday to get to Santa Fe. And at the game, we were, we were sitting there, and Sarah was like, you know, I'm kind of hungry. We should stop after the game and get some food. And I'm like, uh, you don't know where we are, do you? <laughs> I'm like – uh, when we leave here, we're not going to see anything until we get to Bellevue because we're going, you know, through Leapers Fork, and it just so happened Puckett's was still open in downtown Leapers Fork, though. Go figure. So there you go. We did not stop at Puckett's though, but it was the only place that we saw open from Santa Fe all the way to Bellevue. You mean you couldn't run through the Taco Bell and Leapers? There, there's not a Taco Bell and Leapers Fork on that drive. That, that was my point. <laughs> Oh yeah, you just you just drive, you drive right through there. They they still have the one that looks like the Alamo. the The Taco Bell Leapers Fork would definitely be the one that still looks like. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it was a it was a good night though. We we ate uh, pizzas and hot dogs, so and the the concession stand folks at Santa Fe were really pushing those hot dogs about halftime of the boys game. <laughs> oh goodness. I bet they were. Hey man, you know, you want to, <laughs> I did not want to, I just wanted one. It was delicious, but one was plenty. One was plenty. Yeah. But yeah, during that, it was a really cool uh, moment on Friday night, even though, um, <laughs> I there were, thought there were multiple moments. Yeah, there were there were yeah more than one. As apparently, me, I, which I'm taking pictures, so I'm not really paying attention to you know how many points Jesse Jennings has scored in the first quarter. But I get back, you know, about middle of the quarter, I go back and I just peek at the book and I see oh she's got six points. That's great. So I go back and start taking pictures. And the next time she gets the ball, she goes up, gets fouled, hits two free throws. And I'm like, well, there's her eighth point. So she's got 2,000 at the free throw line. Yay, just oh, kidding. And, and stop, stop, because right about there you texted me and said, you jinxed her. And you, apparently you did. You jinxed her, right? That's what I thought. Except. <laughs> Except you didn't. What you said to do is what she did. 
Uh, apparently, four. yeah, we we missed we missed out on uh, so, somehow there was a miscommunication and Jesse only scored six points in the first quarter. So first time she touches it in the, in the second quarter, she knocks down a three for her two thousand and two thousand and one first point. <laughs> so. She uh, she did get uh, she did get to two thousand in the first half. Uh, it was a three pointer in the second quarter, and that was a pretty cool moment. Uh, I talked to her after the game, and I said, you know, is that something you were thinking about? Is it you know, is it something you've been thinking about? Is this a weight lifted off your shoulder? She's like, I don't even pay attention to it. You know, we're keeping up with it, but it it's nothing that was weighing on me to get there. Uh, she said, "I'm just trying to get to a state championship, and that's the uh, that's the attitude you definitely want from your senior leader." You know the the concerning thing to me is the comment that Chad Hall made in your article regarding her recruitment or lack thereof. It's insane. I mean, I know she's what five, she's about five eight, five nine. She's mm-hmm. not tall, but come on, this girl can score from anywhere. She takes care of the basketball. She's a fierce defensive competitor. Why? I mean, that nobody is looking at her? If you're telling me Jesse Jennings cannot play college basketball, then somebody needs to change occupations, and it ain't me. (laughs) Yeah, it, it it is concerning and unfortunate, especially considering, you know, Hall also mentioned that he had that that they haven't kept up with it, but he estimates she's had about anywhere from five to six hundred assists in her career uh, since she's been playing varsity ball. She started as an eighth grader, but you know she's not she's not just a scorer. She is mm-hmm. a a true guard who can find the bucket, but also find the open teammate. I mean, I think she'd be a great combo guard for somebody just because she can handle, she can run your offense, but she can also score. Score off the bounce, you know. She can obviously knock down the three. She can get to the rim, like you said. She defends, and she doesn't and, miss free throws. And 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 she strikes me as a great teammate. She certainly is. So the Richland got a sixty-five twenty-eight win over Santa Fe. They were up twenty something to one, twenty-five to one after the first quarter. And Jonathan Slaughter on the on the sideline, you know. It's frustrating for him because he knows the capabilities of his team. They beat Richland last year. I mean, this Santa Fe team beat Richland. And that's – the frustrating thing is that they've been start, stop, start, stop. They Mm -hmm. haven't had a – they haven't had a whole lot of time to really gel as a team. Yeah, I think think the pandemic has affected Santa Fe's girls as much as it has – any basketball team in our area probably because, I mean, you can look out there and you can see the pieces. You know, I saw them last week over at Mount Pleasant and Emmy Bates can play. You know, Gracie Mills can play. Zoe Arnold off the bench is deadly from behind the arc. I mean, they got some pieces and um, they've just not had the floor time together. And like you said, that's got to be frustrating for um, for Jonathan Slaughter. And in the boys game uh, – I'll tell you, Richland got to nine and zero on the season, and after com- coming off of two twenty point wins at halftime, it's a five point game. I think it was twenty nine twenty four at the break, and 
that third quarter is where Richland really shines. They they are fantastic in the third quarter. So big kudos to them. They get a 57-40 win over Santa Fe and held Andy Slaughter to 12 points, which is probably the the most important part of that <laughs> that story. Yeah, you know, when you look at that Richland team, you've got four scorers none of whom is the guy that you texted me was leading them in scoring in the first half, Stevie Ballinger. <laughs> and and so, you know, when you've got when you've got dynamic guys like Tyrell Randolph and, and um Daniel Nicholson and then you've got um Trey Luna and Logan Helton that can shoot it from deep, you know, they they offensively they are a problem as as the young kids like to say. Well, not just offensively, because they're so athletic. They are a pressure defense, and when they put pressure on you for 48 minutes, it is – or, yeah, however long the game is. 32. Uh, not not 48. That's in no, no, no. Uh, the NBA. Uh, 32 <laughs> minutes. Um, it, you said it's there hard. would be no math. Yeah. It's really hard to – because they, they have so many athletes, and they're mm-hmm. just so – dynamic throughout the game it's really tough to beat this team and going to be really tough to beat this team i am really excited to see how uh how they progress throughout the year this district 10a is going to be a lot of fun right now though it it feels like everybody's playing for second place behind them no question no question also in 10a um in boys action a wild one (laughs) in the Mount Pleasant Hampshire game as it was tied 29-29 at halftime and Mount Pleasant apparently whatever was said at halftime worked uh, for Mount Pleasant as they come out and get a 72 to 39 win over Hampshire uh, holding the Hawks to 10 second half points that's crazy i mean um whatever frustration there was from the Santa Fe game on Tuesday night in the first half of that Hampshire game must have really boiled over in that halftime locker room because, again, you know, holding Hampshire to 10 points in the second half and, you know, breaking open the way they did. I mean, again, you said that there would be no math, but what is that, 42 points? Uh, it was points? 40, 43. Yeah. Yeah, 43 in points the, in the uh, second half so, to 10. Yeah. That's That's <laughs> – that's pretty decisive. That's that's getting it turned around. And so, um, you know, when you look at this Mount Pleasant team, again, they're a young bunch. I think um, they've got two seniors, Kentre Frierson and Tip Marlowe. But um, they've got some talent there. Demarcus Brown can play. And I think he's going to kind of – well, Chris Carney said after the Santa Fe game that, that he's kind of their X factor. And they're going to need a secondary scorer behind Kentre on a consistent basis for them to be successful. And it's going to well, have not, to be DeMarcus. Not if Kentray's hitting five three-pointers a game. Uh, yeah, they're still <laughs> they're still going to have to have a secondary score. So um, That was wild. Yeah, that does make it a little easier, though. So Big Certainly win for does. the Tigers to keep them from going to 0-2 in district play. It, it really was a big win for the boys. On the other side, Hampshire uh, stays undefeated in 10A on the girls' side as they get a 57-34 win over the Lady Tigers. Um, of course, that one was uh, – I'm not going to – I mean, this 
this Hampshire girls team has been good for the last couple of years. They're they're you know obviously you have the Roland sisters. Uh, Courtney had twenty three in this one, so they're they're hard to stop. They've got three that can go for twenty on any, any given night with the Roland sisters and with Kayla uh, Kayla Stevens as well, and so. You know, they've got some options there offensively, and, and shutting all three of them down is not an easy task. And so, again, if they can get a couple going on any given night, they're going to give themselves a chance. No doubt. You went out to Independence where Summit's boys got their first win of the year. Yeah, and I don't know if there's anybody they would rather get their first win of the year against, you know, if if you're going to go in 0-6. Um, you know, we talked about Santa Fe and the stops and starts and that kind of thing. It's been a lot like that for Summit's boys as well. And when you factor in the fact that they've only had their, quote, football guys for a short period of time, that, um, that probably has not helped their progress either. But um, speaking of the football guys – 18 points from Destin Wade, 16 from Trey Hunter in a um, 57-50 victory. So, you know, two-thirds of their of their points and probably more than that from um, from two guys that have barely been with the team a month. So, you know, big win for, for Summit, much-needed win because I think District 11 AAA was starting to kind of separate a little as as far as maybe being Franklin, Brentwood, and Ravenwood, and then everybody else. And it's easy to forget with the start that Summit's gotten off to, they were a sectional team last year. That's correct. That's something that you have to remember. I mean, once uh, again, basketball is what? It's a tournament game. It's a tournament sport, yeah. Yeah. You got to get to the tournament, and once you get there, it's all bets are off. You know, and you're you're playing the regular season just to prepare yourself for the tournament. Now, you don't want to play Franklin off the top, but no. it still doesn't really matter. It's all you got to beat them at some point, right? <laughs> so, well, yeah, ideally. But um, you know, and and speaking of Franklin, you know, that's the team that Summit had just lost to seventy five thirty one earlier in the week and you know that kind of left a mark i mean jim fay who never meant his words <laughs> said that that game was an embarrassment and, and you know and it, here's the thing if he said that to me then there's no telling what he said to those guys <laughs> so there were a lot of things that went into that particular game and uh you know i think i think a lot of it was just once the the ball started rolling. Speaking of snow, it just got worse. Um, I don't think they're 40 points worse than Franklin. Right. So. But, again, you're talking about a team that has a lot of scoring options there as well with Reed Kemp and Matt Thurman and some of those guys, as, as Joe so Williams big. was talking last week. Well, they're big inside, and they and they shoot it well from the perimeter and, and – you know that they can they can be a lot of matchup problems across the floor, and so, you know that's what makes this district so tough. Is you've got so many different approaches and so many personnel issues and that kind of thing that everybody is some sort of a matchup problem, and it's either taking advantage of that or masking it or whatever it is to 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 give yourself the best chance to win. But that again, this is a big win for. Um, for Summit because 
they were in danger of kind of losing contact with the top of the of the standings there. Yep. And then on the girls' side, Sydney Wright, 16 points. Delaney, no, 14 points. L.A. Colston, 12. As Summit's girls stay undefeated, they moved to 4-0 in the district with a 63-23 win over Independence. Independence was led by Evan Nichols. Um, so... Tough, tough start, tough, tough year for for Independence's girls as they lost their best player uh, to Middle Tennessee Christian uh, in the preseason. So you know, tough, tough go for for the Lady Eagles, and of course they lost their head coach. He's still not on the sideline. So yeah, so they they kind of got a lot going on on the floor, off the floor, and um, just trying to get through it the best they can. Talked to Mary Beth White briefly Friday night. She said of the fourteen kids they had dressed. 12 or either freshmen or sophomores. So, so do the math. Understandable. Or, or <laughs> no math. No math. Yeah. Understandable. Yeah, so that's a, that, that's a recap of the games that we saw on over the weekend. You can find full coverage on sm-tnsports.com. We've got stories from all three of those particular games. Of course, we have the box scores from the other matchups Friday on the hardwood and Saturday. Uh, and, of course, a story on the wrestling tournament that took place on saturday over in fairview so yeah plenty of high school action to to check out like i said on the website follow us on twitter at sm underscore tn sports you can get news and updates as they go and of course our schedule tab that's uh on the website with a new schedule tab as the the games finish on um, each night. I'm doing my best to get the scores up as quickly as possible as we get them in. So on Friday, on Friday nights, on Tuesday nights, whenever the games are, as soon as they end, we are doing our best to get those scores to you up on the website schedule tab. So check that out. When we come back, um, we'll actually give you some updates. A uh, of local college teams so several obviously belmont lipscomb tsu treveca uh martin methodist they've they've all got stuff going on this week we want to get you updated on those games if you i guess you can go see college games right now i don't know how i don't know how many tickets some of these folks are selling if any but i think you can get general admission tickets to a few of these so uh maybe if you're looking for live sports to check out Local colleges are your option. So we'll talk about all of those uh, teams and more on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint, when we come back. Hi, this is Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. Who are we? We are a family-owned jewelry store in Lewisburg-on-the-Square. We've been serving Middle Tennessee for 10 years. Bill is our talented jeweler with 30 years' experience. Lindsay is our social media and pearl stringing extraordinaire. Leslie greets each customer with a smile and helps you find the perfect gift. I am Terry, a GIA gemologist and the owner, along with my husband, Rick, who is a talented jeweler and custom designer. This is us. See us on Facebook and Instagram.
For 40 years, Beck Dental Care has been the personalized and comfortable option for the health of your smile. The caring staff maintains a high level of safety protocols and attention to detail. Advanced technology provides your choice of sedation and the best of dental implant solutions to restore complete oral health. Open until 7 p.m. two nights a week, 931-388-8452. Beck Dental Care in Columbia, 1603 Rosewood Drive. Heller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical wants to make sure every child experiences the joy of Christmas this holiday season. From now until December 25th, Heller is donating $50 in toys to Toys for Tots with every purchase of a new tankless water heater. And we'll give you a $250 Visa gift card with your purchase. Upgrade while giving back this Christmas. Visit HappyHeller.com today to learn more. Happy you'll be or the service is free. Call the Happy Face Truck today. Since 1982, the Jewelers Bench has provided the highest quality jewelry at the very best prices. They work hard to make customers happy, and it's paid off. Their customers keep going back. Quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. We offer jewelry loans up to $4,500, and we will buy your gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still the same. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. I'm Chris Yao, joined as always with Maurice. If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. Sports and beyond. It's on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today. JP, where'd you where'd you get that uh, that dial turning thing? You know, we don't have dials anymore on the radios. <laughs> <laughs> Old school, baby. Old school. Old school. For the for those of you who still have 1974 F100s um, step sides, there there is no sound. yeah there is no sound for modern radio. Uh, Changing of the it's dials. very sad. P- pushing buttons. Yeah, yeah. I mean. It, and I don't like that. I like the same I, I like hearing the the random noise and the white noise in between the two stations. That was, that, that was good stuff. <laughs> you You talking about F-150 step sides. That was always my dream vehicle, the short bed step side there. I always wanted one of those. Well, Mo, I, I don't want to... Um, upset you or anything but uh (laughs) when i was when i was a kid that was my my granddad had an old f100 uh step side forward and it uh it was red 
and we just called it the red truck. Didn't have power steering, you know. I mean, it was, and, and I, my whole life I was I was ready for that to be my first car, and then he sold it right before I turned sixteen, <laughs> and I got something different. And I was really sad about it because the old red truck, man, that F one hundred step side was a thing of beauty. I don't know what you got. Probably had. Um power steering though power correct? steering it did and it had a cd player whereas yeah. the other one had an eight track player, uh-huh. yeah which would have been really cool to take my dad's old eight tracks because he still had like a box of them yeah <laughs> to play in the truck could you imagine <laughs> going down the, the job that got me started on this odyssey i was a student worker in sports information at mtsu working for ed given who is one of the best people you'll ever meet and he had a 53 Chevy um, short bed step side. And every now and then we'd have to haul something in it. And that thing had a steering wheel as big as a ship's wheel. <laughs> and, it was a three, and it was a three on the tree. And mm. some of y'all don't know what I'm talking yeah. about. Most of you won't. But um, Not on the floor, but on the tree. No, and I was expected to just get in that thing and drive it like it was... You know, a Honda Civic or something. It was, <laughs> you know, it, it does not drive like a Honda Civic, but um, it was, it was fun. That it's was, hard to find that third gear when you come back up from second, mm-hmm. and you it to it to not go into first. You got to be real careful to get it right in the middle. It's it, yeah. it can be a tough one. It can be because you got to go you got to go up, over, and up again to get it, and it's like. I can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, learning to drive back then was a lot different than me. I mean, I was, uh, I learned with a stick shift. Uh, my, my uncle would help me and, you know, we had, he had a five speed Mustang. So like I, I got a chance to, to, you know, kind of understand a little bit about it, but yeah, I had a Chevy Cavalier. That was my first car. It was yellow. It was not a it was not a red truck. It was not the red step side Ford. I really wish it would have been, but is what it is. Such is life. Um, hey, I'll tell you what. It's best to learn to dis- to deal with disappointment early in life. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> right. I, I don't I don't think there's enough of that going on in today's world with our youth. Very well be. <laughs> I had to settle for the Cavalier, so yeah, it was yeah. it was brand new. <laughs> <laughs> tough, tough life. Tough life. Tough. It it was tough. It was no. Um, hey, real quick, uh, scrolling through Twitter, Mo, as one does, the TWSWA has sent out a tweet eleven minutes ago about the state wrestling tournaments. You want to give us an update on that? Yeah. Well, at least it happened during the show and not after. But um, because the Williamson County um, Ag Expo has been in use as a COVID nineteen testing center. It is not available for the state wrestling championships as it has been for the last 12 years. So it was announced, like you said, about 11 minutes ago that the dual wrestling state championships will take place on February 6th at pretty much satellite locations, Nolansville, Centennial, Independence, and Mill Creek Middle School. Um, Eight schools will compete in Class AAA four in AAA Division Two, and the girls' duels. And I guess those sites will be announced, you know, at a later date. But um, that's the plan there. The duels will take place at four different sites on February 6th. The individual championships 
should make some people in southeastern Tennessee happy because they're going back to Chattanooga after 12 years. The Chattanooga Convention Center will host the individual state wrestling championships. AAA will will take place on Thursday, February 18th. D2 and girls will be on February 19th, and AAA will be on February 20th. That's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and my presumption from looking at that schedule is the fields will be cut down. Specifically, it will not be a 32-man bracket in class AAA um, is my guess. And kind of file that one under, we all got to adapt a little bit this year. So Mm. at least they're having them. It's about to say it's unfortunate that they're having to cut the field down, but I'd rather have the state championships than not. So whatever we yeah. got to do to get them in. Yeah. So again, my guess is that you're going to see the top two uh, top two individuals from each region in AAA advancing, rather than the top four, as has traditionally been the case. So um, I tell you what, those region meets are going to be some bloodbaths, man. Get there. Trying to get there, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So. All right, before we get out of here, as we approach uh, the the top of the hour, it's about six minutes to the top of the 10 o'clock hour here, and want to get you updated on some local college hoops. Uh, we'll talk with Chip Walters on the other side of the 10 o'clock hour and get you up to date, obviously, on the MTSU Blue Raiders, but other local teams in women's basketball – uh, Belmont sitting at four and two overall, one and zero in the OVC. Uh, they did not play last week. They are scheduled to play tomorrow uh, at Tennessee State, and they are scheduled to play at Tennessee Tech on Thursday. So they'll have a couple of games this week. Lipscomb, who sits at five and five overall, two and two in the Atlantic Sun, they got a. 84-72 win over Bellarmine. Is it Bellarmine? Bellarmine. Bellarmine? Bellarmine. I've supposed, never heard of apparently. them. Apparently. Well, I had heard of them. Um, that's the team that was supposed to play middle in a series earlier but did not get to because um, middle has some COVID issues. They are a team right. coming up from NAIA to gotcha. Division One, I, I believe. I think they're in Louisville. It's funny. That would Jody, make sense. Was, Jody was asking me that same question the other night. Bellerman, never heard of them. Yeah, which was which <laughs> was their intent? Them. Which <laughs> which was their intent? You know? Yeah, I mean, there you so, go. So uh, that was Lipscomb's first two wins in a Sun play, I assume, because they uh, get a eighty four seventy two win on Saturday, sixty five fifty eight on Sunday. Uh, they are not scheduled to play this week at all. Uh, Tennessee State last week they lost sixty two thirty seven at. Uh, or against Austin P, lost eighty to thirty nine against Martin, and then sixty four forty five against Semo this week again. As we told you, they're scheduled to host Belmont tomorrow, and then they will go to Tennessee Tech on Saturday. Um, Treveca has not played, and I guess they're not. Pl- I don't know what they're what's going on with Treveca. They're they've not played any games, and they have none scheduled for this week. So. I have no idea what's going on with Trevecca. Uh women's team anyway. And Vanderbilt is four and two overall, oh and one in the SEC as they lost to Alabama on Sunday eighty to fifty six, but they get South Carolina uh on the fourteenth and that should be fun. 
it'll be fun for somebody, not for Vanderbilt. And then they go to Kentucky on Sunday. So And that get, should be fun because Kentucky <laughs> led South Carolina 41-23 at one point yesterday before That's losing. That's what I was going to say. It doesn't get any so, better. Yeah. Oh, man. So there you go. Uh, on the men's side, did you have that pulled up or do you want me to just no, keep go going? ahead. Keep All right, going. Belmont. Belmont 12-1 and overall, 6-0 in the OVC. A 77-66 winner over SEMO on Thursday last week, and then 89-69 over Martin. Uh, they travel to Tennessee Tech on Thursday and then down to uh, the friendliest campus in the south, Jacksonville State, on Saturday. <laughs> Hello? Hello? Uh, hey. <laughs> Somebody pick up the Parks Motor Sales phone line. <laughs> well done. Keep reading. <laughs> Lipscomb. Sitting at eight and six overall, three and one in the A Sun. They get wins over Bellarmine on Friday, seventy-seven seventy-two, and then Saturday, sixty-five fifty-eight. They are not scheduled to play this week. Tennessee State sitting at two and six overall, uh, one and four in the OVC. They got a win last week over Martin, seventy-four sixty-two. They are scheduled to travel down to the friendliest campus in the South on Thursday at Jacksonville State, and then on Saturday they'll go to Tennessee Tech. Do you see how I'm recruiting here? Or mm-hmm. Jacksonville State, Treveca two and seven overall, two and five in the GMAC. They lost last week to Walsh sixty seven fifty seven, and to Cedarville on sixty nine fifty six on Thursday. They're not scheduled to play this week. Vanderbilt four and five overall, zero and three in the in the SEC. Uh, they lost seventy seven seventy four at Kentucky. They should have won that game, and then lost uh, Mississippi State eighty four eighty one. They are scheduled to play Tennessee back to back this week. Uh, on Tuesday and then on Saturday, Coach Rick Barnes said he thinks this is the first time he's ever played an opponent back-to-back in a basketball season, so that should be fun. Real quick, um, it doesn't happen this week, but Columbia State um, begins basketball next week. Um, the women are <clears> on <throat> Wednesday against Roan State. At Roan State. All right. So. We'll be right back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint with Chip Walters. The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Beck Dental Care, Columbia Academy, Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, Andy Wilhoyt with United Country Realty, the Law Office of David A. Bates, and Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. Specializing in orthopedic injuries, their ortho-quick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit them online at mtbj.net. Tennessee Sports Today with TSWA Hall of Famer Maurice Patton. Here's Chris Yao. Welcome back in to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Five minutes past the 10 o'clock hour here in Columbia, Tennessee, where the snow is beginning to fall in Nashville. Is it still snowing down there, guys? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Welcome to the party. As we come to you from parts unknown, parts un- 
throughout <laughs> through throughout the uh, southern middle Tennessee sports uh, coverage area in and, and beyond Lawrence, Lawrence County, Williamson County, Davidson County, and we welcome in Chip Walters as we always do on Monday, brought to you by the Law Office of Blake Kelly, 615-305-4539. Find him on Facebook or Instagram. And I guess Chip is coming to us from Rutherford County. Is that accurate? Exactly. You're, you're right on Look at that. We, we are killing it this morning. We talk about coverage area. We got all our bases covered. <laughs> Chip, is it snowing where you are? Uh, yeah, it started about seven o'clock here, and it is beautiful. Uh, uh, and it's big old fat flakes, and it's uh, it it is uh, it was it went hard till about nine o'clock for about two hours. It it has slowed down a little bit now, but it's uh, the main roads are okay over here. And matter of fact, they never they 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 were uh, already had started taking kids to school, and they did not call off school because. They they sent out a tweet that said there was more. Obviously, they had gotten more snow than had been predicted, but the forecast was that it was going to get above freezing and um, and the snow should melt by the end of the school day or at least on the roads. So, so of course everybody will have there will be uh, you know Facebook and Twitter barrages of people saying what idiots the uh, school system is and. Which that that may be the worst job ever is director of schools anywhere. Oh, without, I don't care. question. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you, you, there's, yeah. you can never win, especially on snow days. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, and and I went on a rant a couple of years ago on a certain social <laughs> media platform, as I want to do. You know, uh, if you don't think your kids should go to school, don't send them. It's not that hard. It's real damn simple. Excuse me. Oh, goodness. It's, <laughs> it's, there it is, it's, our first cuss word on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, folks. Hope and, you were and listening. It, and it came from right where you would have expected. But, I mean, it's real <laughs> simple. I mean, how about some individual accountability every now and then? If you think yeah. it's unsafe for your child to go to school, don't send them. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. All right. But, uh, Wow, my bad. <laughs> That's okay. All good. Now we're now we're all speechless. Um, get the cut. Get the jar out and uh, put a dollar in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The first dollar. Congrats. Um, anyway, anyway, as we as we like to do with with Chip, we 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 talk Blue Raiders sports, whether it be on the gridiron, on the hardwood, whatever. Um, let's start on the gridiron, Chip, as you mentioned in the off the air that um, Brent Stockdale coming home. He is. Uh, Brent is has been uh, – he was among several that were interviewed and uh, has accepted the, uh, the wide receiver coaching job. Uh, Austin Silvoy uh, left middle uh, to go to Austin P as the co-offensive coordinator. So – Kind of, you know, a step up in responsibilities for Austin, who is a terrific young coach, and he'll do he'll do well at Austin P. But uh, Brent, uh, after his playing career, which you know was outstanding, he uh, went to FAU and spent a year uh, with Lane Kiffin, and then went to from there when Lane went to Ole Miss, uh, he went to uh, 
South Florida, and at both stops, uh, his off the offensive coordinator that he was working directly with was Charlie Weiss Jr. and uh, and they apparently got along, you know, really really well, you know, you know, and so Brent in his you know in the story on GoBlueRaiders.com about him coming back, he he particularly uh, mentioned that that Charlie Weiss Jr. was a big help to him and. And I think there was, you know, when Brent finally, when his playing career was over, I think everybody thought, well, you know, he'll probably come back here at some point. But, you know, for him to have gone, you know, sometimes you need to go away to come back. And, and, and gaining knowledge of the way that other people do things uh, will help him tr- tremendously because he can now bring newer, fresher ideas back to the table and because all he had ever known up until that point uh you know was his his dad's program so now you know and now with a new offensive coordinator coming in uh there will be some some renewed freshness uh with with Brent there and and he will I think he'll do very well re- recruiting uh in particular in the mid-state area where you know he has a name that 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 people know I would think, though, that having spent time at FAU in South Florida, coming back to Murfreesboro is going to be a little bit of a tough move. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The, the, that's a, that's a, it's a tight tight family. He, all a lot of his buddies, uh, you know, from high school and college, uh, still live here. Uh, he and his his wife are expecting, and so uh, Grandmama uh, Miss Stockstill, she is uh, very happy to see. Uh, them move back to town i bet she is that's a mm-hmm. that that is that is a also a big help because when uh, when grandma lives nearby it's a little easier to to, to yep. take care of the <laughs> whatever you got to take care of mm-hmm. I, I like this quote from um lane kiffin who said brent is a, a bright football mind and i'm excited to see him get this opportunity uh like myself, he brings the perspective of a coach's son, which will serve him well as he takes this step in his career. He also understands the toughness that is necessary to compete at a high level. And uh, Kiffin said, "I wish him the best." So, really cool to get a to get that quote from from Kiffin there about him being having a bright football mind. And obviously, that's kind of what you see out of quarterbacks, right? I mean, they just typically have higher football IQ than other um, positions. Yeah, it's kind of like catchers in baseball, you know, sure. they, because, because you know, the, the thing about catchers is they're the only one that gets to watch the whole game because they're they're the only one facing in that direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but you know, you know, coaches' sons typically are ahead of the ahead of the curve a little bit, uh, and and you had that being a quarterback as well. I remember what was it maybe uh, Brent's the spring before his senior season i think coach franklin had a daughter to get married during spring ball and and was gone for like two days of spring practice well they basically put the put the headset on brent because he was recovering from an injury and was not active in in spring practice and they let him at least for one day and i think for two days kind of run the offensive practice uh, and and be the uh, the offensive coordinator for a couple of days. So that he he uh, he, he couldn't wait to do that. He was, and I remember talking to him. He, he was just really fired up about that. And 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 it, that's been a a goal for him all along. You know, 
even back into high school, you know, it his 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 goal and dream. I, I don't think I think there's always that pro playing dream, but his was more to be able to get into the coaching profession as quickly as he could, and because I think that's where he felt that his long term future was going to be, and uh, and and sure enough, he has, and now he's back in the borough. We're speaking with Chip Walters. He's brought to you by the law offices of Blake Kelly. Um, specializing in accident and injury law, you can reach him at 615-305-4539. You can also find him on Facebook and on Instagram. Chip, I think that spring practice anecdote that you just spoke to kind of speaks volumes for Brent just from the standpoint that he was still a player at that point right. and still commanded exactly. that kind of respect from his teammates that he was able to do something like that. Yeah, you know, and and I think Brent, you know, if you – and I remember this back when he when he was still – when he played baseball in high school at, at Siegel. Uh, uh, one of my best friend's kids was on the baseball team with him. And and really the maybe the best compliment, because everybody knows how good he was and, you know, took – played Maryville on one leg in the state semifinals and <laughs> still almost won uh, and then was a really good baseball player, pitcher. But uh, my friend's son said, you know, I asked him, I said, who's the best teammate on your baseball team? He goes, oh, Brent, no question. So, you know, that you know that's something he's probably is proud of and I know his dad is, is proud of as is his accomplishments on the field. We um, we're certainly looking forward to the the new offensive coordinator. Do you have an update on uh, who that might? Who who? Wh- what do you have for us on well, the uh, offensive well, coordinator I, what, front? I think it, it got posted like, because Middle being a state school it has to, it has to post for a certain uh, amount of yeah. time, and uh, so it went up last week, and I think it closes today, which means they will they will turn around and start doing interviews. That may start as quickly as tomorrow, but maybe Wednesday. Uh, but I think those will get wrapped up very soon. Uh, everything has to go back through HR. But I think by the middle of next week, we should have uh, a much clearer picture, if not an actual name, of, of who it's going to be. So we'll see. And I think, you know, we'll, with um, we'll see how that uh, – what, what the pool looks like. There's several – I mean, the, the – I haven't even seen a ton of rumors. The only one that was a was an obvious one that that, that popped up was Joe Craddock, a former middle quarterback who was offensive coordinator at SMU in Arkansas with Chad Morris, and now is uh, he's a tight ends coach at UAB. But uh, we'll see. I, you know, that was just one that was popped up on social media somewhere. I have no idea whether or not he is actually applied or not. It would certainly be a good one is, you know, again, coming yeah. home, right? Yeah, that'd be one of those kind of deals. But he's from Birmingham originally, and uh, mm-hmm. and his fa- his family's down there. But, you know, his, his second home was 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 here at Middle. And, uh, and, and his former boss uh, ended up, after that staff was fired at Arkansas, he ended up uh, as the – as on Gus Malzahn's staff at Auburn – so he's out there as well. So who knows? We'll see. We'll see what happens. 
as we switch over to the hardwood, we talked last week about how weird it is playing games back to back. Um, and obviously the long, basically a long halftime you have between two games, right? And the adjustments that you have to make, you don't, you may not get the chance to make a, as many adjustments as you'd like, uh, as you would have in a regular season. Uh, but it worked out for middle over the weekend. It did, and and um, the 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 ladies first of all went down to uh, FIU and and were able to able to sweep two games there. What's in, what's really interesting about this this two game series that you we're seeing in in a lot of conferences, the OVC uh, Conference USA, the Sun Belt, all of those A Sun, uh, which by the way, Bellarmine was Division Two. Uh, and in the Great Lakes Valley Conference, along with like Southern Indiana, Kentucky Wesleyan, and they're making the jump from Division Two to Division One. So, not from NAIA. Anyway, Thanks for correcting us on that. Yeah, yeah. not a problem. Thank they're, you. They're 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 a Catholic school in Louisville, and they they're playing their home games uh, this year at Freedom Hall. So, or wow. will be for several years now. Yeah, they've they've been very very good in Division Two. But uh, anyway, back to that. What's been interesting is how different the games are from Friday night to Saturday. Like, for instance, the women at FIU on, on Friday night, they eked out a 69-65 win, and then they come back on Saturday and, and just about score 100. They, they, they put 99 on the board and win 99-89. Well, and then the men – on they were the guys only had nine players available on uh, over, on in both games but came out and lost by 13 on Friday night 68-55 and come back the next day and a 24 point turnaround win by 11 so uh, it's kind of crazy you're not seeing a ton of uh, a ton of sweeps and 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 you're also seeing games played a little differently I, I, don't, I don't know whether you know that 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 24 hours or less than 24 hours that you have to really just do some film work and make some adjustments it, it's kind of interesting how it's how it's playing out around the league do you have to pay more attention to how you spread minutes as well with that quick turnaround well, you know you, you know I, I talked to I talked to coach McDevitt about that in particular about uh this past weekend, with when he only had nine guys available, uh, and, and and they were paying extra attention to their uh, to what they were doing on, especially on that first game. You, uh, I mean, you try you obviously want to do everything you can to win it, but you're you don't want to to you know wear wear somebody out and play them thirty eight minutes on Friday night and come back on Saturday afternoon and try to get the same thing out of them now. What he also did with on Friday night in particular was, and, and we because we had in between media timeouts, there were a couple of times where there was not a dead ball and things kind of got stretched out, and he could see that his team needed a, a a break. So there, I think there were two times in the game where he probably where he called timeout just not for tactical reasons, but hmm. to 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 get them a little bit of a break. Because he needed, he need you know he could start to see the momentum. And Friday night, for whatever reason, I mean, the game was tied with eight minutes to go, 
and you could tell that his team kind of hit a wall. Uh, and FIU went on a 10-0 run, and they won the ball game. On Saturday, Middle came out, got a great start, went up 31 to nine in the first 12 minutes, and uh, and then kind of cruised from there. But you look at the box score. What were the diff- What was the big difference on Friday night? Uh, out of the f- out of the five position, out of the post position, Middle got two points uh, and four rebounds between two guys in 40 minutes. They come back Saturday. DeAndre Dishman scores 12, gets eight rebounds, and that made a huge difference. And in, uh, in, in being in forcing uh, FIU to to you know to to defend everybody, and um, and and that that opened things up. And, and of course, getting off to the good start instead of trying to dig yourself out of a hole, in particular when you're shorthanded, made a big difference there. And this week, the men so, travel to Hattiesburg, and uh, the women host Southern Miss. Will you be going down to Hattiesburg? That's the plan, uh, and we, it, it, we're all day-to-day. We're, you, you wait to, to figure out how, how all the, your tests come out every week. So sure. I'll be testing tomorrow and Wednesday, but, yeah, that's the plan. I'll be going to Southern Miss. They'll leave on Thursday. The women uh, will be hosting Southern Miss, and, by the way, Southern Miss's women's coach, Joy Lee McNellis, who um, Maurice uh, is mm-hmm. familiar with, uh, just announced over the weekend that she has been re-diagnosed with stage four lung cancer. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and she plans on coaching as long as she can. So she was you know, a longtime Memphis coach, and mm-hmm. she's been back at Southern Miss now, what, 15 years probably? probably. And uh, that's, where she, that's where she played. But uh, uh, wish her all the best for sure. Absolutely. All right, that's Chip Walters joining us every Monday. As always, Chip, thanks so much for hanging out with us. Uh, we appreciate it. Good deal, man. Y'all be careful and uh, be good to each other and uh, take care of yourself. Absolutely. Chip Walters hey, brought you stay by. positive, t- test negative, right? Test that's negative, right. that's right. Stay positive, <laughs> test negative. That's that, right. is, <laughs> that is what we're doing these days. That's, that's, that's all we can do. It's all we can do. Um yeah, that, again, Chip Walters brought to you each and every Monday by the law offices of Blake Kelly, specializing in accident and entry law across the mid-state area. You can find him on Facebook or on Instagram, or you can give him a call, 615-305-4539. When we come back, we will talk, <laughs> well, well, we'll get angry Titans reactions. All right. We'll talk about all those. Uh, And then, of course, the national championship all later this hour on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stay tuned. Hey, folks. While we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Are you finally ready to turn your outdated kitchen into a dream kitchen, but you don't want to deal with the hassle of a remodel? Call our friends Lynn and Kathy over at By Design Cabinetry in Spring Hill. 
They have the latest trends and timeless classic looks for your home. By Design Cabinetry is your solution to indoor and outdoor cabinets. Visit them at ByDesignCabinetry.com or call 615-241-1195. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. The sports talk show you've always wanted. Welcome back in to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Glad to be with you here on this Monday, January 11th, National Championship Day, and unfortunately, the day after the Tennessee Titans were eliminated from the National Football League playoffs, as just an absolute awful performance from what we thought was one of the best Titans offenses we'd seen in a while, guys. Well, it was. <laughs> it just wasn't yesterday. <laughs> it's just a, it's a struggle because, you know, you, you, you watch this and, you, and you're watching the game and the first quarter I'm fired up. I mean, heck, we're, you're talking about a team, the Baltimore Ravens, who was plus 69 points in the first quarter. Uh, we we outscored them ten nothing, and then boom. I think I think in the second quarter we had negative two yards of offense. It was just hard to figure, you know, how they stopped themselves. Really, it felt like I mean they just, like you said, they scored on the first two possessions, and then they couldn't get anything going. And again, going away from AJ Brown is. The one thing that that kind of jumped out at me, yeah, you got you got Ferkser going, and he's a matchup problem, clearly, but still, Brown's a guy that can go to the house on any play, and they just didn't go to him. Yeah, it, it was really tough to watch, uh, especially with you know obviously Derrick Henry going eighteen carries, forty yards, which I mean that was the entire plan, right? That was the game plan for Baltimore was we're going to put eight people in the box, we're going to put pressure on your quarterback, and we're going to force you to figure out a way to get Derrick Henry to the second level because I mean if he ever had had he ever gotten there, he was gone. But when they send more than you can block, hmm. I mean, what are you going to do? You said there would be no math. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> Arthur Smith was not aware. Under of that math. same, yeah, he was under that same impression, yeah, because he never could quite figure that out. But they they loaded the box, and Henry had nowhere to go. And I, I think you know, really watching Lamar Jackson outside of the, yeah, you know, he had a couple of really long runs where. Uh, you know, obviously not being able to contain him and, and or make the open field tackle a couple of times. I think uh, I think Adoree Jackson was kind of the guy who was supposed to make those tackles, and a couple of times he missed, leading to some big runs, including the touchdown from Lamar. I'll tell you what, there may not be anyone more, more happy to see 2020 slash 2020 postseason done with than Adoree Jackson. 
Yeah, and I again, the the guy really, you know, there was nothing that you could do. You know, you have to be proud of him for getting through that injury and finding a way to get back on the field. But I just don't know that he was quite there. Uh, even again, I mean, pass defense best we've played all year outside of the other time we played Baltimore, which Baltimore doesn't really throw the ball a whole lot. Exactly. And so that's kind of, there's kind of an asterisk there when you say, you know, how, when you talk about how well the pass defense played, just because they don't put a whole lot of pressure on you in the passing game. And they did make, they did make some plays. I mean, Andrews at the tight end, which they've never really defended a tight end, but you know, he, he, he heard him uh, a, Defensive lineman turned tight end, turned fullback, hurt him in the passing game. That was what really struck me was how on earth can you not cover a 240-pound? 311. Ricard is 311? Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) I got 284 here, so right in the middle of what – now this is I don't know this is according to his Wikipedia so he may have he the may graphic have, uh, that they he, threw up yesterday said three eleven yeah he's for for media guide purposes he's listed at three eleven whether he's truly that or not but uh, he's not too far from it if he isn't from Maine mm-hmm. he's from Maine how do you not cover a guy from Maine come on <laughs> <laughs> it just uh, yeah he was he kind of uh, especially on that first drive of the second half he was kind of the guy right he was the 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 catalyst that got him going with that first first down and next thing you know it was just nothing the titans could do uh could answer but, now again but all, defensively all they said, played well exactly exactly i mean again you know you held them to two touchdowns two field goals patrick um justin tucker missed a field goal and that never happens you know you held them to 20 points had a chance drives Mm-hmm. Had a chance to to score a touchdown in the fourth quarter, to put yourself up twenty to seventeen, and on fourth and two, on the plus side of the on 15, the plus side, yeah, down by four, Mike Vrabel elects to punt the football. Will that go down as the worst playoff coaching decision in the history of the Tennessee Titans? That one falls squarely under the heading of scared money don't make money. Well, certainly didn't make any um, on Sunday as it proved to be a bad call because we get a 15-yard punt out of Brett Kern or 25-yard punt to the 15, whatever it was. I, I I mean, he couldn't cut it loose because he's trying not to get a touchback. And so, I understand. I mean, on, I, yeah, I understand that, but I mean, he's too close. You can't, mm-hmm. you can't rein in that leg. I mean, crap. He had fifty-three yarder, a fifty-one yarder in the first half. I mean, you can't just expect him to be able to kick it, you know, thirty-five yards into the corner, and you know, cough and corner him. Now, of course, he can. He just didn't, and that's you know, it is what it is, but. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, it, it makes no sense in that situation to punt the football. 
especially no. when you've got when you've got a two thousand yard rusher in your backfield. Second and two, and you throw the ball twice. Second and two, and you throw the ball twice. I I, I can't for the life of me understand this. It almost, and, you know, what it makes me think about. You know, what it almost makes me think when we were talking about earlier this year when uh, the Titans had got that short punt. Was it against the Colts? And the punt team ran out there, and Vrabel called timeout, and we ended mm-hmm. up going for it. I almost think Vrabel had no idea we were punting the football. Well, that's a different issue entirely. Then I don't. I I, I wasn't watching at this point. Mm-hmm. I'm listening to to <laughs> Keith. So I don't know where Vrabel was standing, but if he's talking to his defense and Smith sends a punt unit out there and nobody knows, I mean. You mean Arthur Smith who interviewed with Jacksonville hours after this loss? Arthur Smith? He needs to stay in Jacksonville is what he needs to do. For one game? I think, no, just forever. Just stay there. No, I mean, Don't even are, are, are you turning on him for one game? I'm. What I'm turning on him is the fact that I don't think he was focused. Well, that, uh, yeah, I think you could easily make that argument. But so if you're if you're going to be interviewing for head coaching jobs and not be focused on winning a freaking Super Bowl, then guess what? Yeah, you can go. <laughs> <laughs> Still raw. It's still raw. Uh, it to, is still raw. To your, uh, to your question about uh, Vrabel, uh, I was listening to Keith and I was watching. I synced up as I typically do. He was on. The, he was in the forefront and the fourth and two. That okay. is a head coaching position. Yeah, I mean that's a decision rather. A head that's coaching his decision. decision. He's got to make that. decision. Yeah. and he he was there. Um, okay, because they they kept they kept a camera on him uh, frequently. Uh, throughout that but uh, yeah he was he wasn't sitting on the bench talking to his defense when that happened well that makes it even worse (laughs) because it just it's absolutely insane that to kick a field goal in that situation do you know how insane it was you mean i'm sorry to punt uh you know how insane it was it was Mm -hmm. the highest rated surrender index in the last 12 years since 2009 the 99.9 92nd percentile so among the top five in surrender index since 2002 do you have a list of the others um <laughs> I'm, I'm just curious because this is the first i'm hearing about the surrender index that was the first i'd heard of it as well um, but so I, i'm i'm curious how the uh how it gets calculated? I guess it's it's like um, what the quarterback rating. <laughs> All right, here we go. Over the last four years, there have been seventy six instances of a team trailing in the fourth quarter, facing fourth and two or less between the opponents thirty five and fifty. Seventy five times the team went for it. One team punted. Guess who that team was? Wow, the Tennessee Titans yesterday. Wow. Um. <laughs> so the algorithm, like you know, we talk about analytics and whatnot Mm -hmm. 77 percent on the algorithm says you go for it and all but one everybody up until yesterday had gone for it uh since in the last four years 
Yeah. I mean, that's what's that's what's got to be, you know, what we have to, you know, think about here is nobody else is doing this. Nobody else in, in football since they since it has become a thing, you know, analytics and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Nobody's done it. it with analytics. I mean, it just makes no sense. Um, surrender index 90 on the is the Twitter account. With a surrender index of 138.87, the punt ranks the 100th percentile of cowardly punts of the 2020 season. <laughs> cowardly. It's uh, a harsh word. Yeah. That's tough. It's absolutely insane. Anyway, I, it is what it is. The Titans weren't going to win the Super Bowl. Defense is not good enough to win the Super Bowl this year. That being said, the offense scoring just 13 points is just what are you going to do you give you give kudos to baltimore for having a better game plan that's what you do yeah that, yeah that's the defense of baltimore and the lack of offense for the titans i mean they flipped yeah, this the script squarely on the offense mm-hmm. i mean the, you you knew that they had to score and they managed 13 points meanwhile i'm sitting here looking at a at a tweet that says the AFC this weekend will be the first conference to have four quarterbacks aged 25 or younger start on the same weekend. Meanwhile, the, the NFC. In one conference. <laughs> and the NFC will have three quarterbacks 37 or older. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. So. Hey. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. We're going to find out this year, ain't we? <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Who's the, who's the young ones at golf? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I mean Rogers, Breeze, and Brady. I guess I guess Rogers is the thirty-seven. Yeah, he's since. yeah, uh huh. Yeah, he's the young. He, he's, he's the young. Buck he's the young buck. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Oh man, that ought to be fun. It's funny because we were so we were all so confident the Seahawks were going to win that game, guys. <laughs> we were just here's, so confident. Here's my thing. So apparently in the post game, golf is popping off about Jamal Adams. And the Seahawks smoking their victory cigars after the Week 16 win over the Rams. Like, that was some kind of motivation for them. Why was the game not motivation enough? Enough? Well, I'm sure it was, but anytime you can take a shot at somebody it's, yeah. for... It's it's fodder. Yeah. Well, it's, that's all it is. And I, I just... I just I, it... it it bugs me, and I don't understand it. You know, if if you need some kind of false motivation going into the wild card round, I, I don't get it. As if a Lombardi trophy isn't enough motivation for you? Yeah. I, I do think, though, it, you know, they take whatever they can use to to push them. I, I You know, I agree with you on on a, on a paper. Yeah, you, you should you should be self-motivated because of, of the stage that you're on of but, what you're playing for yeah. yeah but but you know it, it, it's just a little i mean you know i'm sure the ravens had extra motivation uh, because of certain things that happened in the previous meeting against the titans i mean you saw what they did stomping on the on the uh, center logo um you know it, i'm sure they probably had extra motivation for some reason because of things that may have been said in the previous meeting so i, I think that's just the way it goes and um, you know, hey, it's you show up and you play, what whatever it takes, whatever motivation you need, you show I up guess. and you play. I guess there will probably be some motivation tonight for 
<laughs> the national championship football game. And part of that motivation will likely be that some of these players were very young when uh, Ohio State beat Alabama <laughs> as a four seed. <laughs> the last time these two play, teams played as a one-and-four seed. So let's talk about the national championship game. We'll, we'll give you a short breakdown, small breakdown, uh, what we expect tonight. And you can hear the game. Eli Gold will be right here on WKOM 101.7 FM, so you'll definitely want to listen to the golden pipes of Eli Gold. But Pre-game starts at what time? Four, four o'clock. Four o'clock. Three game at four o'clock. So mm-hmm. that'll be a lot of fun. Kick off at Again, seven. This, yep. And we will tell you all about it on the other side of the break. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. Local high school sports and beyond. It's on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Yes, this is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint, Chris Yao, Mopat, and J.P. Plant with you here. Before we get into the um, into the national championship breakdown here, I just have one question for you, and you can ponder it if you'd like. Uh, this year and last year's Titans team, which was the better season? As a whole? As a whole. I, th- I think no question season? last year because you made the AFC Championship. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, think I think last Yeah. I think last year because that team exceeded expectations. This team did not reach expectations, which – well, as a result we ex- of last year, I think. But well, I was going to say, did we expect them to be AFC South champions and and go eleven and five? You know, based on the, what they, what, I think it was. I mean, I th- I think the AFC South championship was an expectation. Yeah. Okay, I, I did too. I just cur- I'm yeah. curious what you guys are. Talking. And 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 I don't yeah. think you know with the NFL. I mean, we we talked about it in the previous segment. You know. Who saw the Rams beating the Seahawks? Who saw what Cleveland did last night? Uh, you know, when you get to the playoffs, it's you know the NFL is is so competitive that to expect an AFC championship or a Super Bowl appearance, I think, is unrealistic. I think just to you know to win the division can be expected and should be, and then from there, I mean, you have to take it, you know, what you've got, but. Um, 
you know, I think the AFC South division was a goal and realistic goal, and they achieved that. Uh, but if you look at which season was better, I mean, just on the surface, last year AFC championship appearance and had a lead I was on about the road. To say, and <laughs> In the second half. Probably could have won the ball game. Yeah, I mean, you know, so uh, I think last year um, was a better year. It it was just a question posed on Twitter, and I thought I'd ask you guys. So, Hmm. All right, uh, let's talk about the national championship. As you heard Eli Gold say that the Alabama Crimson Tide is playing for its 18th national championship, guys. (laughs) Number 18. 18. (laughs) I mean, I guess that depends on. Who's counting? Who you ask? <laughs> who's counting? But uh, it's their promo. I guess they can say whatever they want. Well, I mean, I'll tell you that there are some claimed national titles that I absolutely will just laugh at. Nineteen forty-one specifically, but but they also were not awarded a national championship in 1966 when Notre Dame and Michigan State tied, and that's bull. So uh, it kind of evens out. There you go. <laughs> Is that the only one? Comes out, it all comes out in the wash, right? So I'm just saying, you know, if it, if it, is, it, is it 11? Is it 12? Uh, AP titles, I think they've got. Well, really, once you, once you get to like seven, eight, or nine as a program, it doesn't matter after that. It doesn't matter. I mean, I, the only thing it matters is, for is what number is what number they put on the helmet during the uh, the game day and SEC Nation yeah. and all that. That's the only thing it matters. Is that the uh, definitive um, demarcation of which what number is it? Yes. Always the national champions. It's always how many national championships they've had. <laughs> so yeah. It used to be they just they just had twelve on there, and they had twelve because I think that was kind of a number one. Obviously, the national championships they had twelve after ninety two, and then it just it also you know coincided with Namath and Stabler and all that, and then I think when they won again in two thousand nine, they were like, hey, we should just change the number on the helmet to thirteen and then fourteen, and it just kind of happened. I think it was, you know, probably a PR firm was like, you should probably change that. So, <laughs> I don't know. All I know is tonight they play Ohio State for their for, for the another one. Champ- <laughs> for another one. Another one, DJ Another Cowan. one. Another one. Another <laughs> one. <laughs> I mean. And another one. <laughs> another one. <laughs> and I just, I, I, I'm here to tell you. This is going to be a much better football game than people want, will want to tell you. Mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think this is anywhere near um the the blowout or the for sure win for Alabama as some people may think. I think the X factor is how how healthy Justin Fields is. It's certainly and, a factor. No question. And, and that may sound – I mean, that may be elementary. But at the same time, I mean, if he's got lingering effects from that midsection injury and he can't rip it and take advantage of their receivers on the edge, it's it's a different ball game. If if he can't be as involved in the run game as he usually is, that, that, then you can pretty much key on Sermon. And, and I think that, that's I, the plan anyway. Hmm. 
I think the plan is to, very similar to what we saw this weekend, is put pressure up front on Ohio State's offensive front, force them to throw quick, and also, by default, key on Trey Sermon. I mean, doesn't that make sense? Well, it makes sense, except, you know, there are those that would tell you that Alabama's defense is, is their, their weak spot, and if you're going to put your cornerbacks on islands by loading the box, you know, can Fields get it out in those one-on-one situations and take advantage of something out there? Okay, well, let's kind of, sort of, the def- the defensive front is their weak spot, not the cornerbacks. If anybody, if, if you're going to trust anybody on that defense, it's the it's defensive the backfield. Okay. Well, I mean, you're talking Patrick Sertan, you're talking mm-hmm. uh, Derek Stingley Jr. These are guys that I absolutely have confidence in. If I'm Nick Saban and doing their job, if any, if I have confidence in anybody, it's my defensive backfield. I don't necessarily love my my front four. So if you are rushing six and putting more pressure on the front line than they can handle, you're rushing six or seven, just like the the Ravens did yesterday. I think, again, you're forcing – and Fields definitely doesn't want to get hit, right? If he's still got any lingering injury at all, he's not going to want to get hit. He's going to get that ball out quick. And if you're playing press coverage, I think they got a chance. I I think that is where you'll find a – you know. A big advantage for Alabama is if they can get pressure up front. That makes sense. Yeah. Hey guys, uh, you know the the mega cast that ESPN is doing tonight. Um, I don't know if you've looked at it. I just pulled it up. There are fourteen different ways you can consume tonight's national. Is Championship one of them game. on Nickelodeon? Because if not, then I, I don't <laughs> yeah. care. Uh-huh. Uh, it is not. Uh, but no slime cannons. Sorry. Yeah. Here's. Here's what we've got. ESPN has the main telecast, traditional telecast. ESPN2 is um, college football playoff live. I guess that's the um, uh, the talking heads. Uh, ESPNU Ooh. has uh, – it doesn't say. Um, oh, okay. ESPNU has a skycast. ESPN News is the film room. So that will be coaches sitting around playing back. Um ESPN uh, Radio, of course, has the radio broadcast. Uh, ESPN Deportes, uh, Spanish language. Uh, 4K, Samsung QLED 4K Skycam. So if you've got capability for that. SEC Network has the Alabama Hometown Radio. And then on ESPN3 and the app, Ohio State Hometown Radio, Command Center, Data Center, the RefCast, the All-22, and the High Skycam. The ref cast. Yep. What is that? Um, uh, I'm not sure. I'm I'm scrolling down to see if there is a. Um, All right, hold a, on. We're we're yep. gonna have to find because that ref may cast. Be... Here you go. Here you go. Um, John Perry, former NFL referee, and Matt Austin, former SEC referee, join Arizona State head coach Herm Edwards and ESPN commentator Jason Benetti to break down the game as Perry and Austin provide reaction and commentary from a referee's perspective. I'm in. I like that one. I was I was gonna listen. I was gonna listen to to Eli, but <laughs> if there's any way that I can listen to that broadcast, mm-hmm. that's the one I want to listen to. There you go. Interesting. Yep. I, I like that. that. The refcast here for it. Yes. That's that's pretty amazing. Fourteen different 
presentations of the same game. By the way, not one on Nickelodeon. The college Jesus. football live. It is the show. See if you know college football live, which yeah, yeah, yeah. hosted by Laura Rutledge. It's got Marcus Spears, Dan Orlovsky, uh, Mina Kimes, um, and you lost me at Dan Orlovsky. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, Todd McShay. I think will be joining them. So that is the college football live. If there's um, no Cole Kublik, I'm not watching. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see Cole Kublik eating a blooming onion on TV more often, as many times as I can see that. I want to see it. No, I. Yeah, I, I think the that's interesting. I'm I'm really excited to to see how that all works out. Uh, you know, RefCast and hometown radios and sky cams and all that goodness so i think that'll be cool so I'll, I'll be flipping around tonight i'm intrigued all right let's get I your predictions gonna, who's the winner uh alabama alabama i got ohio state stop it Ooh. okay you're right <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> what what is the number uh, i don't know what i think it's six and a half is hang that on. right jp hang on a second um let me see if i can get to it in time I think it's six and a half is, Either uh, way, I yep. think Alabama covers. So we'll see. Yep. Anyway, um, as JP nine. looks that up, nine. nine. Oh no, Ooh. Ohio State covers that. Ooh. Ohio State covers nine. All right. Well, again, pregame at four, kickoff at seven, right here. WKOM. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. We'll be back tomorrow. Stay cool, Columbia.